climate change is natural. Now, before you cut me off as a conspiracy nut, it is fact. Climate change has always happened. It's always changed. It's changed since the earth was created and it will change until it's destroyed. In this episode of That Jog Pod, join me, Mr. Darby, as I discuss how climate has changed naturally and why we know this. The temperature has varied across Earth's history, and since the Industrial Revolution, we as humans have been the main factor in this climate change. But how did it happen before? Why did climate change naturally without human influence? Well, there are four main reasons and ways in which the climate changes naturally. Now, we're going to focus on each of the four causes in depth, starting with volcanoes. Now, volcanoes, these cracks, these blemishes on the Earth's surface that allows heat to rise from below, from the mantle, um, from like, releasing molten rock and pyroclastic flow and so on. Now, because it's hot when these volcanoes erupt, the assumption is that volcanoes cause the climate and the temperature to increase globally. That's absolutely false. In fact, volcanoes produce and cause a cooling effect. Now, when, bil- when big volcanic eruptions explode, so when volcanoes of a large scale explode, they produce a lot of ash and a lot of sulfur dioxide. Now, it is these two products that causes the climate to decrease, causes the temperature to decrease. Now, what happens is when the volcano explodes, it releases ash high up into the air and it'll spread around the Earth and around the Earth's stratosphere and the atmosphere and almost coat the whole of the world from one volcano. Now, what happens if there's enough sulfur and ash in the the stratosphere? That will stop the sunlight from the sun reaching reaching the Earth's surface. Now, the idea is it's a bit like sun, sun cream or sunblock. When you put that sulfur and ash around the earth, you're almost blocking out the sun's heat. And the sun's radiation reflects back out into space. This therefore lowers the earth's temperature. Now, the most recent one that we've known of, and the most recent case study was in 1991. Now, the eruption of Mount Pinatubo in 91 reduced global temperatures around about 0.5 degrees for around a year. Now, 0.5 degrees doesn't seem like much, but when you talk about it being a global average, that's quite significant. Now, another example is Mount Tambora in Indonesia. Now, that erupted in 1815. Now, Mount Tambora, located in Indonesia, resulted in a global drop in temperatures. Now, it was in 1816, and snowfalls and frost across Europe and North America killed crops. It led to like loads of people dying because of famine in North America at that time. And it's just amazing to think that that one volcano from that one Indonesian island, which is the other side of the world, caused that temperature to decline so significantly that it actually impacted humans and our the place that we inhabit. So volcanoes, even though they're hot, cause the Earth's climate to cool.
the second way, the second major cause of natural climate change is very similar. So it should be quite easy to get your head around it. Now the second way is big asteroid collisions. Now asteroid collisions, a bit like volcanoes, can blast ash, but along with dust into the atmosphere. Now that this ash and dust again acts a little bit like sun cream and blocks the sun's heat, the sun's, the sun's radiation from reaching Earth. So it acts a bit like a coat around the Earth. Then what happens because the sun's Earth is uh, the sun's Earth, the sun's heat is blocked. It then causes the climate to drop and the climate to cool quite significantly and quite drastically actually. It's not a sort of a sort of slow decline. It's it's quite sudden. Now it is thought through geological evidence. Now it's not nailed on, but it is thought that around 65 million years ago, an asteroid roughly in six miles across, so it was a six mile wide asteroid, hit the Earth. Now this impact and, and this huge explosion caused ash and dust to, to go around the Earth and it roughly ex uh, caused a mass extinction of around three quarter of the species that existed that, at that time. It, it, it included the dinosaurs, so that, that was the major cause for the dinosaurs to become extinct. Not because the impact squashed the dinosaurs, not because it, it, it rolled out and, and actually hit them, but it was because this climate change was so great, this, this temperature dropped so much, that the animals at that time couldn't adapt, couldn't evolve quick enough to the environment changing around them. So they died out. The third reason is, is from our heat source, so our, our sun, the, the star in the middle of the solar system. Now, depending on how much activity there is on the sun's surface depends on how warm or how cool our climate is. Now, the idea around sunspots. Now, sunspots are these black blotches, these black, they, they almost look like pimples and spots on the sun's surface. Um, determines whether or not we are colder or warmer at certain periods. Now sometimes the sun has many sunspots and other times they disappear. Now lots of sunspots mean and causes more solar energy to be fired from the sun towards Earth. If there is a lot of sunspots there's a lot of energy, a lot of heat being released. Therefore it increases our temperature here on Earth. Now the idea is a little bit like a radiator in a room. Imagine that the radiator is the sun and the room is the earth. You increase the radiator's temperature, what's going to happen to the room? Well, it's going to get warmer. You decrease the radiator, then the room's going to get colder. It's exactly the same thing. If the sun doesn't release a lot of solar energy, then the earth is going to be a lot cooler. And that's the third reason. fourth reasons all to do with the Earth's orbit. How we orbit the Sun but also the tilt of the Earth. Now first of all if the Earth orbits in a circular path it is going to be warmer because we are at the same distance away from the Sun all year round. Now sometimes it's more of an ellipse or elliptical which means it's a little bit like an oval shape. 
Now that is when we are slightly cooler because we spend longer periods of time in the year away from the sun. So circular, warmer, elliptical, cooler. Now every 40,000 years or so, the angle of the earth tilt and this tilt changes so the way we are facing the sun. So if we are tilted away from the sun, the differences in the seasons are more extreme, the climate is going to increase or decrease depending. Now the earth wobbles on its axis, creating different seasons. Now these changes alter the amount of solar radiation the earth receives. And this changes, these changes in, in the orbit, these changes in tilt, are called the Milankovitch cycles. If you want to have a little Google of that, a little YouTube of that after the podcast, I suggest you do so. Now we've looked at how the climate has changed naturally, we need to look at how we know this. How do we know that 10,000 years ago, the temperature was this? A thousand years ago, the temperature was this. We haven't got a time machine, we can't go back, but yet scientists know the temperature. What we're going to look at now in this section of the podcast is the five main reasons as to why we know the temperature was either slightly warmer or cooler in Earth's history. evidence of climate change now a lot of these techniques that scientists and people use to look at the at the evidence for climate change how we know this has its drawbacks has advantages um, but we'll start off with ice cores now the ice sheets at the at the north and the south pole so the arctic and the antarctic ice sheets contain layers of ice now the layers of ice is the oldest ice is at the bottom and each layer of ice is one year of snowfall. So the youngest bit of ice is at the top. Now trapped in these ice layers are air bubbles, preserving the air from that time the snow fell and it locks in this carbon dioxide. Now what climatologists and scientists do is they travel to the Antarctic ice sheet, they get a huge drill and they drill down and they core it out, a little bit like what you would do with an apple. But what they do is they bring up the ice on, on a little conveyor belt and the oldest ice is as I said at the bottom so say there's that, that piece of ice froze 200,000 years ago and what they do is they cut it up into little cylinders little like little tins if you imagine like a tin of beans that's what they cut it into and, and what they do is they cut it down so they can see the air bubbles of carbon dioxide and what they do is they measure the concentration of that CO2 in the air bubble. Now, the more CO2 in that air bubble, the warmer it is because carbon dioxide traps heat. It traps the sun's heat. And the less carbon dioxide, the cooler it was because it, it doesn't trap the heat. And then what they can do, scientists and climatologists, is they put it on a graph and you can physically see the, the, the carbon dioxide concentration levels fluctuate. They go up and down, and you can work out how the temperature has changed over time. Now, the second way, the second main way that we can evidence climate change is through tree rings. Now, in temperate climates, trees grow every summer, and periods of growth can be seen from the number of rings in a tree and each ring is approximately one year's growth. With the growth being greater, so the gap between each tree ring 
being wider is greater in warmer and wetter weather. Trees love this climate. Now, trees rarely survive more than a few hundred years. So, it might be the case that you find trees that have been in peat bogs that have been preserved for these thousands of years to get this evidence. And what we can do is if we backdate it from, from 2020, for example, and if you have a tree from 2020 and it is 20 years old, and on this tree, because it is 20, it has 20 rings. And from the last five rings, so the, the last five years, you have a period of growth where the last four have been quite narrow, and the fifth, the gap between the fifth and the sixth ring, is larger. So then we know that in the year 2015, five years ago, the tree grew quite a lot. So then we know that that year was a warmer and wetter summer because of the growth of the tree. Now, it, it, it can't give you specific temperatures. It can just give you a little bit of an insight into what it, as to what it was like that year. It's not as scientifically accurate as the ice cores, but there's a lot of evidence. Ice cores and ice sheets are, are slowly melting. So in the future, trees might be the, might be the way we rely on getting this evidence of climate change. Now, the next evidence of climate change is fossils. Now, in the UK, our scientists know that the climate was, was a different in the past due to the presence of these fossilised animals, plants and pollen and so on, that no longer can live in the UK because of the climate. Now, for example, 120,000 years ago, fossil records show that rhinos and elephants once roamed around the southeast of England. So areas such as London, um, Norwich, East Anglia, and so on. Now, we know that elephants and rhinos can't inhabit, can't live in the UK because it's too cold. So the evidence of these fossils suggests that 120,000 years ago, the climate was significantly higher. Now, the next evidence, so the fourth piece of evidence that we know, is quite a short one. It's to do with the landforms, the, the makeup of our land. And one landform in particular shows that we had a significant drop in climate, and that's a U-shaped valley. Now, U-shaped valleys in the, in the Lake District, for example, were formed by glaciers. Now, glaciers are rivers of ice that carve through the land. A little bit like, a, like an ice cream scoop, it, caught, it carves that shape into the land. And these provide the evidence that it was significantly colder and the temperature was that significantly lower that our land was once covered in ice. Now the fifth and final evidence for climate change is provided through old photos, drawings and paintings, such as diary entries and books. Now the main one was in 1565, there was a famous painter that painted a picture of the Thames completely frozen and people could walk on the Thames, people could do business on the Thames, children were playing, there was skating on the Thames. Now this suggests that the climate was significantly colder that year, that an actual river froze. So this running water, it freezes very rarely in, in the UK. Now these sources are often not very accurate because they might be a little bit dramatised, they might not intended they might not be there to intend to record the climate the, the Thames might not have frozen it might be someone's from someone's imagination 
but old books and drawings can can provide a little bit of a window into what it was like at that time. It's not it's not scientifically accurate, like a bit like the ice cores and and the tree rings. However, it can give us a bit of an insight. It gives a little bit of a a picture to the climate of that of that year of that era. That's been the natural course of climate change and the evidence of climate change. I've been Mr. Darby. Join me next time on That Jog Pod as I look at the human causes of climate change, the present day problem.